Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It is Father Peter Teresa McConnell, your host for the summer season of our podcast. And I am joined by my two dear brothers, our newly minted and ordained Deacon Elijah. When am I not newly minted? Um, you many? know, maybe like in six months. Okay. The, like the new, the new smell will wear off. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know I smelled. Yeah, you got the you got the new Deacon smell. It's great. Wow. Yeah. And I am joined as always this summer by our good brother Paul. <laughs> Greetings, listeners. <laughs> Greetings, Earthlings. So, brothers, uh, you have been in Phoenix now. This is about the we're coming to like the halfway point of your summer assignments in Phoenix. So, uh, how's your summer been this far? It's going fast. Yeah, it's going real. Fast. It's going very fast. That's it's for been sure. Great though, it's been great being down here. <clears throat> any any major highlights for for your summer assignments thus far? Major highlights or major lowlights? Maybe 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 there's some major lowlights you want to share with the people. <laughs> I I don't think I have any low lights. Oh, well, that's that's encouraging to hear. Um, that's all. I mean, it's all been great. Just being a deacon here has been great. Masses, doing the masses, going to the different missions. Amen. Yeah. Uh, hanging out at St. Peter's. That's right. It's been fun. Hanging out with the kids. Mm-hmm. You're just staying young. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> staying young and hip with the kids. Any major highlights for you, Brother Paul, your summer assignment here? Here's just the one that comes to mind was I got to go see the church at St. Anthony's on Sunday. Oh, excellent. And that's been like, like five years we've been yes, building this yes. church. Um, and it's like finally at a place where like here in a couple months, God willing, we'll actually be able to, or three, four months, however long it like, we're, we're, Hopefully close. Not that long. Hopefully not that we're long. close to the church yes, being right. totally completed yeah. and it looks sweet. Yeah, like it's yeah, really, it's yeah. like an omission style. Um, there's been a lot of work that's gone into it. So it's just cool to see like the fruit of the labor, like kind of like paying off. And people are really excited about You're it, like talking to some of the people. Sure. Just like, yeah, I think they could. We'd open it today. No, for sure. If, yeah, we got through our... a tabernacle center, put the <laughs> altar in there. Let's do this thing. <laughs> let's go. No, I'm definitely ready for it. But we'll definitely we're waiting for our our, our fearless leader, Father Anthony, to return before we do a, a dedication or anything like that. But no, they're uh, they have a beautiful crucifix that they get ready to hang this week. So that should be uh, really really very exciting. exciting. Yeah, exciting times here. For the Franciscan Friars. New deacons, new churches. New deacons, new churches, new life. Just a lot of new things. And the desert blooms. Amen. Amen. It's been fun. You're a beautiful desert flower, Deacon Elijah. (laughs) Wow. This is just crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like a, I'm a cactus for sure. Are you? Yeah, for sure. What kind of cactus? Just a saguaro cactus with all sorts of needles and prickles on it. Okay. No, don't even try to give me a hug. So... (laughs) I bloom every once in a while, though. Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, we are continuing our series on the sacraments, and this is really exciting. We're uh, slowly making our way through the sacraments. We have done some introductory episodes. Uh, Our last episode, we talked about baptism, and today we want to talk about the sacrament that is so closely linked and so closely tied to the sacrament of baptism, and that is the sacrament of of confirmation, um, this wonderful, beautiful sacrament 
Uh, and so just, uh, maybe just like in the broadest term speaking, what, what is, what is the, the sacrament of, of confirmation for our, our dear listeners? Sacrament of confirmation is, it's a, a completion. It's a deepening of the baptismal graces that we receive in our baptism. So where kind of, you can think about baptism as, you know, you're kind of receiving the seeds of, you know, the gifts of the Holy spirit and, um, kind of more of a, like an infant mm. in the Lord, yes. so to speak. Um, that confirmation is, is what matures and grows and deepens and strengthens a lot of the graces we receive in baptism. So we can be mature witnesses and disciples of Jesus. Matures, deepens, grows. Those seem to be important buzzwords for this sacrament. It, it, that, you know what? You're right. <laughs> If you don't remember anything else, just remember those 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 three words. Uh, I like when you repeat things that I say. It's helpful for me. It's helpful for me. I didn't even know that I said them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a reflective listener. It's one of my, the many skills that I have. So I'm just reflecting back what I've heard. Uh, so this is the the, the sacrament that that matures and, and deepens and grows what we have received in, in baptism and confirms as well, uh, those graces that we have received in baptism. Now, we have been stressing and making a point of that uh, the sacraments are not something that we have just made up. Uh, they're not something that, that we think are just fun to do as, as Catholics, but uh, we believe and we hold to that these are given to us by Christ. And in our definition that we have been going over, uh, we say that the sacraments are instituted by Christ. They are founded by Christ. Um, and so, you know, if you've ever been to a confirmation mass or you remember your own confirmation and then you read the gospels, you might not, you might think, well, I never, I never saw Jesus do what, what they did at my confirmation mass or what I just saw this, this past spring at confirmation. So, uh, so what, how do we, what do we mean by, and how do we believe that Jesus instituted, uh, this sacrament of confirmation? Where do we find that, uh, in our scriptures? Uh, it would be that, well, Christ didn't specifically do the rites of confirmation. We would say that he does promise the Holy spirit. Um, and then that through that promise, we see that completed on the day of Pentecost, uh, when the apostles, uh, received the Holy ghost. Amen. So he, he promises the, the spirit to his, his followers uh, throughout the scriptures. I think most, most poignantly and most beautifully uh, in, in, in John's gospel and in, in John chapter 14 to 16, he's talking about how he's going to go and he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And then that promise is fulfilled, as brother told us, at Pentecost, um, which is just a great day. It's a special day for us as Franciscan friars of the Holy Spirit, yeah, you know. Yeah. So maybe confirmation is like a special sacrament for us, you know, maybe. Um, confirmation and penance. Amen. That's very true. Yeah, those are those are penance. We are penitents. Uh, and the Eucharist. And the Eucharist, yeah. All of them. Yeah. Marriage, not so much. No, uh, no. We but love we it. do love marriage. We love marriage. Yeah. And we wish we could marry more people, but not ourselves, but celebrate yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna take you my foot out of my mouth. Cactus, you? Yeah. Well, you know, I gotta <laughs> keep people on their toes here. So, confirmation uh, was 
was founded, is instituted by Christ. Uh, he promised it to us, and then that promise is fulfilled at Pentecost. And we've been saying, if you listen to our introductory episodes, that that there are um, different parts that that make up a sacrament, um, that it, the 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 make up uh, what, what a sacrament is. It, it, so what what makes up the the sacrament of confirmation? Um, what is the the stuff? Of, of confirmation, the, the or, or the sign. I guess maybe that's a better way of saying it. That that each sacrament is is a sign, and so what is the sign then of of this particular sacrament? Yeah, so the um, you have the the matter and the form. So again, the matter is is both any of the physical elements that might be used along with the actions. And so for confirmation, the matter is the the laying on of hands. And then also the anointing with with chrism, sacred chrism. Yes, which smells wonderful. It's, it's excellent. Yes, and then um, also the tracing of the sign of the cross on the person, and then um, the form, which is like the spoken part, the words. Um, for for us, uh, the the Latin Latin Rite Catholics, it's actually similar to the to the Eastern Rite Catholics, right. but it's just the name, and then be sealed with the Holy Spirit. Um, so it's again that even the word sealed kind of speaks to what's happening there, just as in baptism, yeah. that you're sealed or you're marked yeah. um, in a in a special way, which we'll talk about. And then also the 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 minister, so the one who um, administers the sacrament, it's usually the bishop. Preferably. Preferably yes. the yeah. bishop. He, I guess we would say he is the ordinary. ordinary. Mm-hmm. He's the ordinary minister of this sacrament. So it would usually or ordinarily be the bishop. And then um, unless uh, a priest is delegated to do so, usually if it's an adult who's receiving confirmation and they're also being baptized, you have to do those two right. together. Um, and then the recipient would be the person who has at least... Um, I mean, if they're, if you're in the Eastern church, it, it could be an infant, right? But if it's right. an adult, it's somebody who's kind of gone through the process of, you know, learning about and, and deepening their, their faith and preparing and they've pr- professed and they've shown that they are ready to, to follow Jesus in a deeper way. And they're disposed. They have faith uh, to receive the sacrament. <clears throat> that was an excellent, uh, explanation but i have two questions oh no so my first question is you said the matter is oil mm-hmm. uh, and so my first question is well why oil why is oil uh, a suitable matter for this particular sacrament and then my second question is i can hold or i can say it now if you'd like why, why, why is the bishop the ordinary minister? Why is, why do we, why do we make that distinction that he is the ordinary minister? Oh, father, <laughs> these questions. <laughs> well, maybe our other esteemed colleague can, can chime in. You got a deacon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the oil, so as, as you, you may know in, um, as Catholics, we have certain oils that on Holy Thursday, the bishop at the liturgy um, will will consecrate. And so one of those oils is the, the oil of sacred chrism. And the chrism, um, I think it's maybe St. John Chrysostom or 
somebody like that in the early church. For but sure. um, so first, the the sign value of oil is um, that it was used in, in ancient times and in, in kind of like the the arena mm-hmm. or the you know the the games and for and athletes so for athletes. Um, and it was put upon, you know, wrestlers or, and so it was meant to limber up the, the muscles and the limbs and to make you slippery. That's right. So that your enemy couldn't grab onto you. Those slippery wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but it's also something that was used to, to heal. Like, so if you had mm. a wound, you can apply it to a wound to, to, to nourish the wound, to help it to heal. Um, and it's also something that, you know, uh, could be consumed. That's it's, it's fatty, it's nutritious. It, mm. it gives us sustenance. So in the same way, when it's applied upon the person, it's kind of showing that you're being anointed, you're being, um, prepared, you're being covered in a sense with this oil so that you can be prepared, strengthened and nourished, uh, to go to battle, to be a, a Christian witness, to, to battle the enemy and to, build up the church. Um, and then the smell, um, I think it was St. John Chrysostom who said that, you know, it's balsam. They add to the, that's right. Yeah. um, The bride, you know, on the night of, of the, the wedding would, would cover herself in sweet, sweet smelling oils Mm. to prepare herself for the bride marriage. Yes, we do like marriage. We love marriage. (laughs) And so it's, it's, again, it's, it's a way to unite ourselves more deeply to, to Christ and it also shows the the communion with the rest of the body. We're, we're committing ourselves more fully to the church itself. And so we're preparing ourselves in a deeper way for that union with Christ through a deeper outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's then, also a biblical image, right? To, yes, yes. That the, the, in the Old Testament, people were anointed with oil. Yeah, lots of it. Lots of it, yeah. So they 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 would anoint uh, the 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 priests and the kings and the prophets would all be anointed with oil in the Old Testament. So there's also that as well that yeah. we are anointed priest, prophet, and king. Already a sign of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. So and then for the bishop, um, just uh, I mean, you can have you can say a lot about this, but just the, kind of a brief thing is in the very early church, because the church was smaller, um, it was common that the bishop who was really at first, there were just, just bishops until there were priests, because at first it was, it wasn't, the church wasn't that big. Right? Uh, and so the bishop would be the one who was, uh, baptizing and confirming. Um, yes. and so eventually when the church grew, um, the East decided that they wanted to um, give the priests the normal ability to also administer confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that the East expresses the union with the bishop is by using the chrism that has been consecrated by the bishop. So they still want to express express the union with the bishop. Yeah. Again, because confirmation is showing that we are more deeply committing ourselves to the church. And one of the way we express that as Catholics is by, um, you know, showing the successors of the apostles who are the bishops, that, that apostolic dimension of the church, um, you know, connecting ourselves with the apostolic dimensions of the church through that way. Whereas the West decided that they wanted to hold on to that by allowing the, 
or making it so that the bishop was the ordinary minister yeah. of confirmation. So instead of doing what the East did and giving the the priest the the ordinary and the the normal function of always being able to confirm that they left that with the bishop. So, um, but I, there, one thing that I think was, was interesting is that, you know, there's, there's two sets of law. So like one law for the Western church, one set for the Eastern church. And in the Eastern church's law, it says that the priest is the, you know, the ordinary minister of confirmation, but that it also says that they can be the ordinary minister of confirmation, even for people in the West. If for some reason they needed to oh, get nice. confirmed. So I just thought that that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. And the, 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 the bishops are, are, are descendants of the apostles in a very special way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the apostles then who were, who were laying on of hands in the early church and, and the Holy Spirit coming down upon people. And so there's this strong tie to uh, the apostles by, by in the West and in our church, by, by trying to keep it to the bishop, mm-hmm. but it almost be impossible. I mean, we're in the diocese of Phoenix and if for Bishop Dolan to try to confirm everyone would be like, probably like all he would do in a calendar year is like go around all the different churches and celebrate all the confirmations. He probably wouldn't do anything else. It'd be very hard. So it's the, that's why, you know, very often you see priests doing it or we, you know, everyone drives to the cathedral on a special day and, and the bishop will do it because we, we want to retain uh, that connection to the apostles mm-hmm. um, who were in the early church laying on of hands and, and, and people receiving the spirit that way. Yeah. I think you should also communicate like a sense of like ecclesial unity mm. where like, uh, I was just like a regular, like, like, even like growing up in South Dakota, like, like we're the hour and a half from like where the, the bishop would have been residing and stuff. And so had he not have come down for confirmations, I may, I may never had an interaction with the bishop <laughs> sure, yeah. or like even seen him, you know, mm-hmm. especially like before the onset of like media and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a real sense of like, like, especially when we talk about confirmation is like maturity. This is kind of like receiving the faith in a deeper way. It should make you feel more a part of the church. Amen. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm into that. Uh, so that is the, the sign uh, that's that's the sign or what we uh, have been calling the let's see if I get this right the, the sacramentum tantum of the sacrament I'm getting a thumbs up from the brothers I didn't mess that up and so then we now we want to talk about uh, the the next part of the sacrament which we have been calling uh, the res at sacramentum and this is the the abiding grace that remains or the character that remains after we receive a sacrament and so confirmation is one of those sacraments where we uh, receive a, a character. Um, and so what is the uh, what is that character that we receive uh, at confirmation? So the character is um, that we are given um, a new uh, the identity of being a, a soldier who is armed and trained uh to, to witness to and to serve Christ, to profess and defend the faith. Um, and it's also, you know, each character distinguishes you from, from some group. So for, again, for baptism, you're distinguished from those who have not been baptized. And yeah. then in confirmation, you're distinguished from those who are baptized but haven't been confirmed. So you receive that, that new mm. character. Um, so it's a, it's a more perfect bond with, with the church and, um, uh, it gives that that 
spiritual power to give witness. Anybody would say too that, you know, the baptism you receive in the character of baptism, you receive the power then to receive the other sacraments. Uh, That baptism is necessary then to receive confirmation. And along with that, you do receive like sanctifying grace. And so you would say that like the character of confirmation also like strengthens that passive power receiving sanctification um, in a similar way to baptism. Um, But then it also gives you like an active power to participate in the life of the church. Um, like for building up the church or like particularly like in the common priesthood, the prophetic, the, the kingly ministries of Christ. So that's really interesting. Um, so what do you, what do you mean by like a passive power of, of sanctification and then like an active power? What, like what? It, well, so, what so recognizing that, that, sorry, I'm going to just cut you off and jump right into an, <laughs> do an answer. Um, hopefully I'm answering the question. Um, but so, so they both have a passive power and a passive power means that like, um, it's almost like a door. Like a door, or like or like an entryway, like like the the, the passage doesn't have to do anything, but something you just pass through it. And so there's in a certain sense that the character puts like a passage on your soul, mm-hmm. and it's just a passive power, meaning that it's just an open passage. And then it becomes like we would say like an instrumental cause, meaning that it becomes the instrument through which Christ can enact sanctification. And it's passive in the sense of like you're just receiving the grace of sanctification. So like in baptism, the removal of original sin, and then sanctifying grace. And then in a similar way too, it'd be the same thing with the confirmation that you are receiving sanctifying grace and then the other graces that are there with that then you also like there's an active power then that does allow the person to participate in a deeper way within the life of the church meaning that like to to defend the faith to be like stronger in the faith to um yes i can't think of other examples off the top of my head but like kind of that that sense so the power is like that door. Yeah, yeah. In which then Christ and grace can can come into the soul. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. So anything else that, uh, any other thoughts on the, the unique character or the abiding grace of, of confirmation? Um, Many thoughts, but all scattered. <laughs> this could be dangerous. Um, what? So one thing I I I, I think is important. Um, just to go back again to the, just some scriptural examples. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please. So in Acts of the Apostles, we see like instances where people have received baptism, but they haven't yet received. Now they don't call it confirmation, but it's used as like, have you yet received the Holy yeah. Spirit or something? They're like, we didn't even know there was a Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and but you see an instance of this in um, in Acts chapter eight with Philip um, that okay. he baptizes, but he doesn't confirm because he doesn't have that power. Yeah, and so he waits for Peter and John to come, yeah. and then they confirm. They're the bishops. They're the bishops. And then there's something similar happens with St. Paul in, in Acts 19, which is what you were just saying. Like they say, we didn't even know that there was yeah, a Holy yeah, Spirit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so again, you see that there's a group of, of Christians um, because baptism makes us visible members of the church, makes us Christians. But that apparently none of the apostles had passed through that place yet. Yeah. And so when Paul comes and he has a spiritual power and authority to confirm them. And so this is something that um, it's it's in scripture, like mm-hmm. we, we see it happening in scripture. Yeah. Um, and then with um, with the witness, um, you know, I, I there's something about in canon law. I mean, it kind of talks about this too, but I thought it was an interesting point um, that one of my 
professors made that when it speaks about defending the faith, um, that there could be um, an emphasis almost on like apologetics. Mm. Um, so, I mean, even if you think about, I think it's like First Peter 3.15, you know, uh, be prepared to de- make a defense for the faith right. that has been given to you. Um, and so just to say that while confirmation, again, does give us that character, which then um, becomes a place where the Holy Spirit can, can move through and can work through, um, that the Holy Spirit will move and work through us and he will inspire us, but that also like it is a responsibility of the Christian to, to then learn about their faith, to then understand their faith, um, to have, you know, not, you know, not that everyone has to be a theologian, but to, to actually have an understanding of the faith, to have some knowledge of scripture so that the Holy Spirit, you know, the more that we can give to the Holy Spirit to use, the more that he'll be able to actually, um, use us to make that mature witness. Um, so just to say that, like, it seems like there's a lot of, you know, Christians today who I think that they're genuinely trying, but like, sometimes it's like just to put a little bit more effort sometimes to Mm -hmm. like really understand the faith and like why you believe what you believe so that if those times come, you know, you can, you can maybe help someone understand, you know, why it is we believe what we believe and why we live the way we live. Even the analogy of like a soldier for confirmation, like kind of being conscripted into Christ's army, like you still have to like go through boot camp. Like you're considered a soldier, but like there's still training that has to be done. Um, And so it's the same thing with the faith. Well, you do receive that they give to do those things and like grace builds on nature. Um, So would that God would just infuse us with all of the tenets of the faith and I could perfectly uh, defend it. Unfortunately, he does not. And so, (laughs) um, but he rejoices greatly in working with us. Yeah. Um, to come to the, the, the knowledge of these things and the truth of these things. So not only would it be edifying for you, like your own life as a Catholic to like plunder the treasures and riches that the church has, but then also to, to Deacon's point too, that, you know, that, that like first Peter says that you can actually defend your faith then when you're questioned. And almost certainly we live in an age too, where like your faith is going to be questioned. Mm. Um, and even if people aren't directly doing it to you, most certainly by the things that we even just see on TV with commercials, whatever it may be, like there's there there's still a sense of like there's something speaking against what we would hold uh, to be true within the church. And so even if it's not necessarily a direct interlocutor, most certainly we could say that with the culture and uh, other kind of things like that, uh, that your, your faith is being tested and to be able to like recognize those things and then know the truth. Uh, that, that kind of defends against those false ideologies and ideas. There's a, a lot to, to be said there, but I think this is probably a great transition point to that third part of the sacrament uh, that we want to talk about. And that's the the grace, the, the, the grace that we receive from confirmation. And we've been calling this the, not we've been calling it, but the church refers to this as, as the, the res tantum. Um, and so, I mean, so we 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 kind of like hitting the, the hitting this already, but you know that what is the grace that that one receives when they receive the sacrament of, of confirmation? So there's a it's a deeper unity with with the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's a deeper um, openness to the Holy Spirit's actions, and so. Um, while the mission would be to upbuild the church, to profess the faith, to defend the faith, um, to conform yourself more to the person of Jesus. I mean, then the grace would be to actually carry that out, to have that actually 
occur within your within your soul within yourself um and a lot of this i think kind of goes to the virtues and and the gifts of the holy spirit that we receive mm-hmm. uh, again kind of in seed form of baptism and then um, a full out, a fuller outpouring and confirmation um and so like the three theological virtues of faith hope and charity that these become active active dispositions within us that the holy spirit can work through to continually perfect us in our in our faith and conform us to the image of christ and then the seven gifts of the holy spirit um which I like St. Thomas Aquinas talks about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit as little sails. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, just like a sail is is something that can catch the wind that can drive the boat forward yeah. through the, through the waves that the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are then, you know, things that can perceive the inspirations that come from the Holy Spirit that can animate our actions. Um, and so the grace then would be to, to actually live that out through what we receive, you know, in our confirmation to actually be conformed to, to Christ. Yeah, that's, (laughs) that's great. No, the, uh, I love, I love that image of, of the sails, you know, because we can always have the sails up, but the spirit is the one who has to come and, and hit the sail of wisdom so that we could say something wise or, <laughs> or, you know, like the, the sail of courage could be unfurled, but the spirit needs to blow so that we can act courageously in a moment. And so, uh, you know, I think, you know, through our own different actions or dispositions or things like that, we might be able to, to kind of close those sails and the spirit might be trying to blow, but we might not be receiving wisdom or understanding or fortitude or knowledge in a particular situation. And so we want to, to do what we can to, um, unfurl, uh, those sales so that, um, so we can receive those inspirations. Yeah. So maybe just real briefly, um, you know, we've been, we've been saying how, you know, this is that the, the sacrament of, of confirmation is, is how the the church keeps alive the mystery of Pentecost um, and and her members. Uh, It is that that mystery in which the Holy Spirit is then outpoured upon believers and it makes us mature. Um, It it makes us soldiers for Christ to be mature witnesses. Um, And so, so, you know, it's just really, really broadly speaking. um, Maybe what are some of the reasons why, or maybe... There's maybe ways in which we've been, if you have been confirmed, um, what are some of the things that, that we might be doing as, as baptized and confirmed Christians that can kind of just put a block to letting our confirmation do what it wants to do in our soul? Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, any major sins that we have in our life, um, I mean, if there's anything that's going to block the action of the Holy Spirit, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger sins. Um, and so we need, we need to ask the Lord for the grace to, to be purified in that way, to be healed in that way. Um, but I also think about, I mean, if you look at the early church, a lot of the the people who were becoming Christians were becoming Christians in a time where like they very well could have been killed for their faith mm. You know, like that there was an active persecution of Christians from the Roman Empire. 
And so these were people who had had an encounter with Jesus and who had committed themselves to usually a three-year process of preparation and then were publicly professing their faith and living it out, knowing that they could die for their faith. And so all that to say, I think sometimes uh, we, we kind of take for granted the reception of the sacraments. Mm. Um, and again, that while the sacrament is performed and is accomplished, as long as the minister does everything that the church says he has to do to, to accomplish the sacrament, um, there is such a thing as an unfruitful sacrament. Mm. There is such a thing as somebody receiving the sacrament of confirmation, but being like totally unprepared for it and, and just not having really a, a real living faith in Jesus and yeah. not understanding what they're receiving and kind of just going through the motions, you know? And I think yeah. that we've, we've seen that happen a lot in the church, especially because, you know, some people joke that like confirmations, like the graduation right, sacrament right, right, right. where like people get confirmed and then they don't come back. I don't have to go to religious ed anymore. I don't have to go to mass anymore. Yeah. And it's just like, well, what are you, what are you being confirmed in then? What are yeah. you confirming? What are you receiving? Yeah. Um, so if, if people aren't returning to church, I think it's speaking volumes that like they're not actually receiving what, what they're, what they're being prepared for. Um, and I think there's a lot of probably issues there, sure. but I think the main thing is that the person the person has to be in a place where they've encountered Jesus, they've been evangelized, and they're committed to living a life as a disciple of Christ. And obviously that's not going to be perfect. We're we're still we're still gonna have our, our failures and our weaknesses and, and we're still always gonna need conversion. But like to be really disposed to receive the grace that comes to us um, with a strong faith that like what we're receiving is actually what the Lord says that we're receiving. No, I, I totally agree with that. I also think there's a degree too, where it's like, you know, especially when we talk about confirmation, there's that sense of like maturity. Mm -hmm. So like you're putting away the things of boyhood and you're choosing to like be a man in a sense. So like there should be this real ownership also um, that like, like I'm going to steward the gift that I've been given. And that if this is true, you know, that Jesus is the son of God, that he did institute these sacraments, you know, like in the rich treasures of the church that like, then there's real an onus on the person to like, to really actually orient themselves in accordance with what they hold to be true and yeah. what's been revealed to them. Um, and not to kind of be like indifferent to it. And you know, that it's like, and to recognize in a real substantial sense that like the truth that I'm talking about isn't just like a conceptual truth of like two plus two equals four. Mm -hmm. um, right? I don't like, I don't like, I don't orient my life around the equation two plus two. Right. And I don't like wake up in the morning and be like, well, it equals four. So I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, but like, okay, Jesus really is God. He really does have yeah. a plan for my life. Um, he instituted this thing called the Catholic church. I'm a member of this church. I've been confirmed into this church. It's like, how does this impact me right now? Like, what are the implications of that? And I wanted to go back to it too. Like, maybe this is like maybe a bit of a challenge, but you know, like a lot of people talk about, you know, like, well, it's kind of getting hard. It's hard to get into the faith. There's, there's so much to read and stuff, but it makes me think like I had a buddy who could give you the lineup for the Vikings yeah. from like, like from like 1973 yeah. up to like 1994. Right. Like in like all of the starting lineup, like yeah. through like 20 years. And it's like, well, if you can learn the starting lineup for 20 years of Vikings football, <laughs> like you can most certainly learn some stuff about the Catholic faith. And to say that for like for everyone as an encouragement that yeah. like, it's not an impossibility. Um, there's a lot of way, like Scott Hahn's a great person to like start yeah. reading and listening to. 
Um, I don't know if we have other things you guys want to throw out there too. Just like ways of like just starting to engage your faith. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, you should know it. You really should. And like the onus is kind of on you. Like, um, and it's one of those unfortunate things. It's like, it's kind of one of those, like, it's kind of the same fallacy of like, well, if I send my kids to Catholic school, then they'll just be Catholic. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, like, and so you can't just depend on your priest, um, preaching like theological homilies every Sunday and think that like, that's enough. Like, well, no, it's not like, it's yep. not enough. Like to really live this faith out means like you're reading the word of God, you're praying the rosary, but then you're also doing like theological, like reading and stuff too. So that you can, and like, it's such a treasure trove too. Like, it'll be mm. so efficacious for you. It'll be so edifying. It'll set you on fire. Yeah. And like, like reading the fathers and doing all of these things, like the catechism, the, cate- yeah. Yeah, the, the catechism of the Catholic church is beautiful. Yeah. Like read that, like let it, and like, let it, and like, and let it affect you. Because you already have the grace there. Mm-hmm. And now we just need to build on the nature. And so like the Lord already wants to do that within you, like through that sacrament of confirmation. Like the Lord wants to build you up into a person who's like, who's like a bulwark of the faith. And that doesn't mean you need to go like preach on the side, like the side of the street. But, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that you could be the type of person where people can come to when they're struggling. And maybe they're having doubts about their faith or they're suffering with something. And they know that you're a guy who does this, or you're a woman who does this and they can come to you for like encouragement. And you actually have the requisite tools then to really come with like a solid faith to actually then speak a word of encouragement for these people who are suffering, whether it's your kids, family members, or or coworkers, you know, you can really be a beacon of light in the workplace in your home lives in this world amen well thank you brothers thank you for sharing your, your thoughts and your reflections on uh, this 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 beautiful sacrament of, of confirmation uh, and we'll be with you next week uh, to complete the the sacraments of initiation uh, the third of, of our seven sacraments so we'll be talking about uh, Eucharist next episode so we're very very excited to, to talk about that but it's time for our question. Um, Man. <laughs> I thought maybe, you know. Thought maybe you get away with it this time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not this time, my friend. So uh, we talked about how <laughs> this is such a crazy question. I'm so sorry. It's all I can think about right now. So you just got to deal with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't be worse than what I asked. We can always edit it out. <laughs> Can be worse than what I asked you and Father Anthony about, like what vegetable you. you well, it's, it's it's along those lines. Okay. So, All right. Uh, we talked about how the the matter of the sacrament of confirmation is oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and an oil has many uses, and you were talking about one of them. But one of the uses of oil is cooking. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, what is your favorite meal that that uses like it's like nice oily good meal. <laughs> An oily meal. I mean, anything deep fried. <laughs> I was say, just like, yeah. throw my sandal in there and deep fried. Probably say it's delicious. A bunch of... Uh, it's a deep fried sandals, Brother Paul's favorite. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you just like cook cook some bacon down and just like eat yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So well, yeah, like, I thought you were a good Italian. I thought you might have something for us, you know? I mean, there's a lot of things you can... For sure. Yeah, but it's not a lot of things. It's what's your favorite. Yeah. You uh-huh. This is a really hard question for me. <laughs> Well, what comes to your mind, good deacon? Maybe just like like chicken parm. Ooh, yeah. Just like just cooking up some. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're basically it's basically fried chicken. Yeah, so what's good. the uh, what's the name of that Italian thing where it's like mozzarella, tomato, and basil, and just like covered Prechetta. it all? Bruschetta is pretty pretty so righteous. Good. Yeah, yeah. No, that was gonna be. My, I feel like that's more true to the to, yeah. the, to the question. No, that was asking. my. I was gonna say bruschetta as well. I, I love I love bruschetta. So. Yeah. All right. Well. Thank oil you for is, making me hungry. Yeah, oil is... I love oil. 
All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. And, and Deacon, would you please close us in a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the, the gift of the sacraments which you have given to us. And we thank you in a special way for the graces and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we receive through confirmation. And we ask that you would allow us to be docile to all of the inspirations of the Spirit, that we truly might be witnesses and disciples and that we might bring uh, the good news and the Holy Spirit's power and presence to those who are desiring you, Lord. And, and we ask that you would just fall upon all of our listeners today in a special way, just to strengthen them, just to confirm them in every way. We pray all of this through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, through the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith. That's becomefire.faith. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.